1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. On this episode, I'll talk about the disappearance of Trevor Dealey, what exactly happened to NamUs a few days ago, I'll pass along how listeners have been inspired by Unfound, and I'll cover a whole bunch of other stuff, including my horrible past Friday that turned into something good. I'm Ed Denzel and this is Unfound Live for August 29th, 2022. Let's do a let's do a live show already, okay, let's just do it. What do you say? It's Monday night it's nine o'clock. we might as well just do a live show right for those people who of course are watching live on YouTube, if you're catching this as a podcast uh, on Tuesday uh, August thirtieth or later, then I deeply deeply uh, appreciate you doing that all right is it is the the unfound live show on YouTube. For August 29th, 2022. Cannot believe that it has been four weeks since my birthday. It seems like yesterday we had the... I I think I've said that every week since. Um, The happy birthday sign up there behind me that looked like a two-year-old put it up there, but it actually I did it. Seems like yesterday. I don't know where this month has gone. Got some, it was a good month, I guess. Pretty good month. Um, Won a disc golf tournament uh, this month, so that's not bad at all. It's always a good month when that happens. Did not play very well in another disc golf tournament, but a lot got done this month. And I'm going to be telling you about some of the things that are going to be happening uh, upcoming for Unfound. Uh, this fall, I'm going to talk to you about some crazy, crazy uh, stories that happened to me at the end of last week. And of course, we're going to t- cover some unfound news, and I'm going to com- cover some international news. I got a nice agenda, uh, as I always do, I think, for these live shows. being I, I mean, I should know what I'm doing by this time. I've been doing these live shows for almost five years. Now you I think I, I come to the microphone prepared every time with a lot of confidence. So who is in here? And then we will get right to this. Suzanne, she got in first. Nephew Charles got in second. Hello, Charles. LaFord, what's going on? Good to see you. Two nights in a row. LaFord, La that's pretty cool. And Twinkle and Jasmine. And Delane, what's going on, Delane? Delane, always good to see your name in the chat. Jasmine, hello, Paula. Lisa. What's going on? No behave. Lisa, hi, handsome. Look at you, Lisa. Trying to trying to suck up to the teacher. Nicely done. Kathy Mustang. Uh, hello, uh, Mustang Sally. What's going on with you? Um, good to see you and uh, coffee lover and uh who else we have down the list here and uh so everybody thank you always love being here and maybe uh sheree will get in here uh eventually to moderate if she wants to come in and say hi uh, i think she'll be here she usually tells me if she has something going on but i may have to moderate this myself if uh, i do then brace for impact <laughs> But, um, all right, let's get it started. Um, I think I always start these live shows off with disc golf. You know, I uh, haven't had a tournament in a few weeks. Really don't have the an, another official PDGA tournament until uh, Floral City, which is where I won about three weeks ago. Um, going to be going back up there, what is it, September 9th and 10th? I think it is. And um, I'll be driving up there. It's a two-day tournament. And so I will be staying in Brooksville at an Airbnb. uh, uh, An Airbnb, probably one of the nicest Airbnbs I've ever stayed at. And I've stayed at a few because, as all of you know, I go out of town quite a bit for disc golf tournaments. And I kind of mix it up between hotel rooms and Airbnbs. It just depends. But this place uh, that I've found in Brooksville, which is south of the course by about 20 minutes or something, it's pretty nice. It's the it's it's so nice that it's the type of place you could act, I could actually live in it. Yeah, that it's that nice, and so um, I always enjoy when there's going to be a tournament tournament up that way. That is the place I try to get. And uh, of course, I'm not going to be playing a ton of tournaments the rest of the year. I'm just really trying to get enough points to play Worlds next year. That's my first goal. And then we'll see what happens after that. But I usually like to try to arrange my staying or living arrangements well, well, well in advance. Because, you know, a lot of these places that we play, don't ha- a lot of people do come into town like I do, even if they're amateurs and they're looking for places. So I always try to get in there really early. I don't want to, um, you know, be having to uh, go for a a C grade or D grade place. Now, if you're playing over in a place like Orlando, that's no big deal. But Floral City, it's out in the middle of nowhere. The course is out in the middle of nowhere. And it's really not that convenient to drive back and forth for a two-day tournament. So you have to uh, kind of uh, look around. Uh, like when I go down to Estero. Estero has some uh, hotels down there kind of close. But usually they're kind of expensive. And so I've, uh, I have two different places that I'll stay down there. Not quite as nice, but still reliable. But this place up in Brooksville is probably, like I said, the nicest Airbnb and b that I, I've stayed in a few times. So I'm looking forward to that. And that is coming up. We'll see how I do there. Uh, maybe a little pressure on me since just not that long ago I won there in Intermediate. I'm going to be playing in Intermediate again. So we'll see what happens. So the last few days... I've been going up to Sankey. In fact, I did that this evening, but I got home in time enough to, you know, do my hair and everything. Um, just going up there, videoing myself, looking at my form a little bit, working on that a little bit, seeing seeing if it can be improved. It can always be improved. So I video myself either using my phone or my tablet, depending. And I'll just let it run and it'll be on the tripod, and I'll be throwing, and then I'll look at it later like i'll be looking at that like before i go to bed so that's what's been what's been going on in my disc golf life i was going to play with the the club yesterday morning but on saturday night at about or i guess technically sunday morning the fire slash smoke alarm went off in this building (laughs) so that made a little difficult and the the fire department was in no rush to get here. In fact, I heard it go off. And so I went out and like sat out on the balcony on that side by the elevator, just waiting for the, the fire trucks to show up. I think it took them like 20 minutes <laughs> and they, and it's right up the street. That's, what's funny. So they came down and you could tell, just tell there wasn't anything going on and nobody was going out, leaving the building or anything. So I just hung out here on the eighth floor for a while And so that kind of delayed me getting to bed. And so when it came to getting up at 8.30 on Sunday morning, as I think many of you know, I'm a a late riser, you know, late going to bed, late riser. That just wasn't going to work on Sunday morning. So I didn't go. But uh, that's really just about all that's going on in my disco life. Although GA Worlds are this week starting tomorrow. So I'll be watching that while doing my work, getting prepared for this Friday's episode, which is the sixth anniversary episode. Cannot believe it. And I'll be talking about that a little later. So I have the Disc Golf Network. It'll play uh, live from tomorrow through Saturday. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to both watch that and do my work and, and, and at the same time or something. So I'm really looking forward to all of that. Laoracle, um, what's going on, LaRorical? Good to see you there in your uh, green name. All those people in green are, of course, members uh, of this channel uh, for the low, low, low price of 10 cents a day. Thank you to all the members. And in fact, I've created a new uh, membership trailer that I will talk about before I'm done tonight. And then Sarah, hello, Sarah. How are you? She says, uh, hey, I just subscribed. Well, thank you, Sarah. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you for taking time out of your Monday night to see what the live show is all about. All right. Allow me to get to uh, the two crazy stories, things that have happened in my life since we all got together. Uh a week ago, little did I know these things would happen uh, later in, in the week, and it, because I have to tell you, not too many dramatic things really happen in my life. I think when you're a single guy and you're not in a relationship, you don't have any pets, uh, you don't have any kids, there is only so much that can happen. And then you work for yourself like there's only so much that can happen. I mean, you certainly could get sick. I certainly could be diagnosed with cancer or anything. But, you know, not having a lot of those things in your life limits kind of the craziness or the unforeseen things that can happen. Of course, my father's still alive. He's 85. You never know what can happen there. But he's in fantastic health and everything, uh, except for him losing, of course, his driver's <laughs> license earlier this year. But other than that, not much goes on dra- drama-wise in my life, really. But that all changed on Thursday, and it kind of turned over to Friday. And I realized compared to a lot of things that many of you go through, these are are not the worst things in the world, but these are things that were unexpected. And I kind of, um, at least for a couple of the things, I can look back and kind of be relieved about them uh, a little bit. But then the one thing, it's going to be with me for a while anyway. Um, I've been having a tooth issue down here. Now, many of you know who were, uh, watching last year, uh, going into September of October of this show last year, you know, that I spent a lot of time at the dentist last year, a lot of time. And it's really because I hadn't been to the dentist in about 11 years. I had not been to the dentist since I moved to Florida in 2011. I know that sounds bad, but that's the truth. And really, I've not had a lot of tooth problems over my life. But what brought me originally to the dentist almost a year ago was that this root canal that I had done in 2000 would once in a while bother me. It would like ache. And it really got bad. When I went to the Judas Priest concert last year with my buddy Dana, it was just aching, 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 aching. Don't know why. So I ended up, you know what? I'm gonna have to go to the dentist, and who the heck knows what else he's gonna find. Being that I haven't been to the dentist in so long, but you know, what are you gonna do? It just came due. So I go, and as it turned out, there was nothing wrong with this root canal that I had done twenty some years ago. Who knows why it was sore? He he X-rayed. He goes, I don't know what to tell you, but why he was while he was doing that, of course, he discovered other issues, and I knew that I had a chip tooth up here. And uh, you know, and I grind my teeth, and that's caused a lot of problems when I sleep. And so in the end, um, and I had a root canal done on another that was the chip tooth, it became a root canal, and then you know, cat, you know, not cavities, but things that were not right, and I spent a lot of money last year, and of course I don't have dental insurance, most people don't. I have health insurance that I've paid for myself for years and years and years. But I don't have any dental insurance. And so that's coming right out of my pocket. And I had to finance it. And I've been financing it ever since. And so it was a certain payment amount, not cheap. But like the root canal that I had done, I had to pay for that. Right away, there was no finance and no lending point or anything. Dental care or whatever they call that—that that they wanted, they wanted payment right now. So some things I had to pay right right there. Other things I could finance through my dentist. So I had this payment plan through Lending Point, and I was making those payments every month. And like I said, I spent quite a bit—not quite five figures in teeth work but close last, like last year between September and like November. And this included a mouth guard and that mouth guard has been such a savior. You don't even know. So, um, uh, hello, uh, everyone. Yes. Hello, Jill. Hello, Deborah. Better catch up here. Hello, Deborah. What's going on? Good to see you um little toys had had to take from all the crime so you come and listen to the unfound live show that's an interesting choice choice latoya hello marlene what's going on apply for care credit yeah i could do that sarah uh, sarah certainly uh lisa thank you towards your dental care thank you so deeply appreciated you're very generous um He, I think he does, and uh, you know this financing though I'm doing, you should know, is no interest. As long as I make a certain amount of payment every month, there's no interest, so that's fine. I'm not, you know, it's not something. Of of course, if I wasn't making a certain payment, then it would be with interest, and it would be a lot more. You know, if it was this amount, but with interest, it'd be like twenty five percent more. I'm making the payments. I made the payments, so there would be no interest on the loan just so I'm clear on that. I don't, you know, I don't want to put pay interest. I don't like having loans and stuff anyway, but coming into this year, I was thinking, you know what? All right. spend all this money on my teeth. Everything's good. i um, getting them cleaned. Everything's fine. you know, everything's fixed. All I got to do is keep making these payments. And by about October, all these monthly payments will be done and it'll be awesome. And so I got my teeth cleaned like in March and then this summer or whenever, and everything was good. Well, about three weeks ago, this root canal, once again, the thing that brought me to the, to the doctor or the dentist in the first place, last year, which ended up being no problem, it started to ache again. And it did the normal things, you know, took some Advil, kind of, you know, using the power, the electric toothbrush, kind of stayed away from it for a while. You know, it was a little sensitive and everything, but it wasn't going away. So I'm, and there was like a bump on my gum right beside this tooth on the outside. So I made an appointment last Wednesday. I showed up at the dentist at 1030 on Thursday. Went in there. They took an x-ray. The assistant took the x-ray. She brought it in and she put it up there. And the dentist, I didn't even see the Dr. Harkins. He was a fine guy. He's done great work. I have no complaints about him. Dentistry is not cheap though. I don't know what you can do about that. But she put it up there like on the board, and he hadn't even come in yet. I looked at the picture, and I already knew what the problem was. And I already knew, yep, this is going to be expensive. This root canal that I had done 22 years ago, I got it done when I was working at Star Trek because I had dental insurance when I worked at Star Trek. And this tooth had been a problem for a long time. In fact, Charles, being that you're in here, the first time this tooth ever gave me a problem was way back in 1994. I was with your mother, my sister, and your grandmother, my biological mother, out at her place in Ohio. We went to the movies, and I cracked this tooth while we were out. It had a cavity. I cracked it. That's the original problem from 1994. I didn't get a root canal done on it until six years later. And, uh, and in fact, I haven't even brought this up to your mother yet, uh, Charles, but as soon as I looked at the picture, the dentist didn't even need to come in. I cracked that tooth. I cracked it somehow. I cracked it. Now, granted, the good news is that being that it's a root canal, there's no pain. There's not the pain that you would normally associate with that um, cause when you crack a tooth, that's actually a real tooth with nerve in it. I mean, you will just die. You'll just, the, the pain is horrible, but it really wasn't that bad, but I cracked it. I mean, I could see it right on the, before I said, you don't need to be an expert to see that. And the assistant says, yep, that's true. I cracked it. So you could, st- it's still there, but it's cracked in half. It's only hanging on by like the back half of the tooth. The front part of the tooth is cracked under the gum. There's two posts in there, like when they do root canals. The one post isn't even doing anything anymore. So I got to get that fixed, and that's not cheap. So I'm going to have to get a bridge put in over here between my back tooth and the tooth in front of it. Luckily, those two teeth are good. And so I'm going to have to have that done. And as you can imagine, that's not cheap. And so I'm going to go back to another financing plan for another year. This one was just ending. In fact, I just made my last payment on all the work that I got done last year. I'm going to be making payments again. You can't make this stuff up. So there's that. Um, Hello, Marlene. Uh, Yeah, Charles, no kidding. Uh, This is no kidding. Uh, Marlene, sorry to hear that you were in the hospital. Um, Wow, okay. Sarah says, wow, that's 28 years ago. Actually, yeah, that's 28 years ago that this tooth originally cracked. I remember where I was, why it happened, and then six years later, kind of like did temporary, 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 Filling on it when I got to Las Vegas, got that job at Star Trek, and they finally did a root canal on it, and it was fine. Great, I, you know. And I think twenty some years. What are you going to do? I guess, especially considering that I'm, um, you know, being that I, I'm a teeth grinder, that this back tooth lasted probably as long as it did. You know, is probably more than probably was expected. So this thing's cracked in half. It doesn't look like it. The funny thing is I can chew on it. Doesn't hurt. But eventually it's going to crack the rest of the way. And it's just going to be horrible. You know, it's just going to be a mess. So on September 8th, I'm going to be going in there. And it all starts all over again for me with dental payments for another year. It's crazy. So there's that. Now, uh, what's everybody saying here? Uh, Yeah, I have a flutter with my heart. Man, uh, Marlene, that sounds uh, serious. Twinkle says, I spent $8,000 at the dentist last year and need more work. Uh, Twinkle, I spent more than that, and I thought I was done. But... um, yeah, the Rorkel, 1700 bucks for a root canal. Uh, mine was around that when I got it done last year. That's true. And that, yeah, forward. I can relate to the dental work, I'm getting very expensive work done in October. Lots of payments. Look at everybody. Everybody can identify with Ed tonight. I love it. Uh, I guess misery loves company. Uh, toothaches are horrible. Couldn't you get a single implant? I could, T D, but that would actually be more money.
0: This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com.
1: That would actually be more money. Considering it's back here and... What they have to do to keep that back tooth from moving forward in the process. This is actually the cheaper, um, quicker way to just to get it done. Um, uh huh. Yeah, Deborah. Oh, Deborah. Okay, man, that's pretty good for the fillings. Uh, two thing make me hand over the lunch, <laughs> lunch because that's funny. Uh, yep, I, I agree, Charles. But once again. It's cracked but there's no nerve there. But it was bothering it's bothering the gum is what it's doing and that's where the pain's coming from but he gave me antibiotic and everything else. So that's the first story. So I was all ticked off about that. You just do not know. In fact, I will tell you in it's not his fault but right in front of the dentist I did drop some four letter words. <laughs> I did. So there's that. Uh, aren't T and I's part of your, our bodies? You would think it's part of health insurance. It's, you would think Latoyo. I'm not here to get into any of that. Uh, Laforacle says I have to go back because one of my wisdom teeth, they pulled as a piece still in there while I had two wisdom teeth pulled like 15 years ago. It was nothing to it. But here's the other, um, yeah, as long as there's no infection, it'll be okay. I think you're right. I mean, they did give me antibiotics, and I can tell that it's a lot different now, but it's just going to have to get done. It's just, there's no putting it off because you never know. I mean, even now, I have like, what, a week and a half to the, to the work? I'm thinking, you know, it could crack, and I'm going to have to deal with that, you know, if it, if it would happen. Uh, I hate spending money at the dentist, could have bought a lot of the fun stuff with $8,000. Yeah, well, mine would still be in the bank or invested, Twinkle, so I, I get you. So this takes me to Friday. So that's kind of the mood that I was in late in the week last week. Then we move on to Friday. Here we are almost a hot half hour into the live show, but you know me. I love passing along these stories and, and everything else. We'll eventually get, we got plenty of time here. Um on Friday I decided I need a new um needed a new pair of disc golf shoes. And my brother Brian, Charles Uncle Brian, uh works at a shoe store over at the West Shore Mile, which is over in Tampa. So on Friday, I decided that um I was gonna go over there. Had just put it off as long as I could. These disc golf shoes that I was using had totally destroyed them. Totally destroyed them. So I said, "Okay." I got this prescription for this, um, you know, antibiotic from the dentist. I'm gonna go do that. I'm gonna drive the whole way over to Tampa, see my brother Brian, get some shoes, and 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 come home. And I wanted to get over there and back before the traffic got all crazy on the causeways between Pinellas County and Hillsborough County. So I go to the Publix, I get the prescription, and she shows it to me and tells me what I have to do. Two to start every six hours. There's 29, you know, pills in there, and this should, you know, last until you know you actually get the dental work done. Fantastic. I leave. I get in my car. I drive the whole way over to Hillsborough County, which is like a 35 minute drive because of all the stoplights. And then there was a thunderstorm and everybody's driving slow and everything else. But I'm like, okay, got to get these shoes. It's going to be good to see Brian. You know, going to go over there, going to get this done, come home, and, and it'll be cool. So I get over to the mall. Like I said, this is now like 40 minutes away from like where I'm sitting in my place right now. It's just, it's not that far in miles, but between the stoplights and the traffic and everything, it, that's just how long it is. So how long, especially on a Friday afternoon. I get to the mall. I go to get out of my car. Can't find my wallet. Can't. Find my wallet. I'm going under the seats. I'm looking on the... Because sometimes I put my wallet on the passenger seat. I'm looking over on the other side, under the passenger seat. And did it slide out of my uh, pocket into the back? Because I usually keep it in my right pocket too. Did it slide out of my pocket of the pants into the back seat? Cannot find it. And the last time... I lost my wallet or left it somewhere was like in about 2003. I left it in my car, which was a convertible and it got stolen. And before that would probably have to go back to high school. That's how rare this is. So I'm racking my brain. I'm racking brain. It's not in my car. I'm in the parking lot of the mall and Brian's like, well, where are you? Are you coming over? I said, I'm out in the parking lot. Can't find my wallet. And I'm like, did I drop it in the parking lot of the Publix when I left there? And I'm thinking, dang. So I call the Publix, and they said, you know what, nobody, uh, you know, nobody's turned one in. I'm sorry, I don't, we don't know what to tell you. And I was like, well, you know what? It's only been like 30, thirty-five minutes since I was there. Maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe I'll drive back over there. Maybe. You know, somebody didn't pick it up. Maybe it's in the parking lot. Somebody parked their car over it. I'll get lucky. Or I'm thinking maybe some good Samaritan picked it up. There's, my phone number's not in my wallet. My, my address is maybe somebody just drove right down the street to my building here and dropped it off like at the security building or something. I'm trying to have positive thoughts. Trying to. So I, I, so I, I was like, Brian, I'm going to have to go back over there and I'll just get the shoes another day. So I get back in my car, turn the key, car won't start. Once again, car will not start. Click, 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 click. Will not start. No problems with this car. I was like, you have to be kidding me. And so I can't call triple A even though I have it because I don't have my wallet. So eventually what I did was I, I have jumper cables in my car. So I'm thinking, okay, Brian's here. He has his car. He can go get his car, pull it around here, and we'll just jump my car and try to figure this all later. So I go in, see my brother Brian. He go, I, We walk out to his car. We drive around the parking lot. He's working, but luckily somebody else is there. Go around, get my jumper cables out, hook them up to his car, hook them up to my car. My car would still not start. Even though we were juicing it up and I tried starting it with his with the jumper cables while his car is running and everything, my car would still not start. And then it kind of started, but it was only maintaining like barely, the, the engine was like shaking and everything. And Brian and I are like, you know, maybe something else is wrong with the car. Maybe the engine blew up or, you know, maybe something else is a lot more wrong than, you know, something just like a battery or something. Maybe the engine is toast. Oh, baby. So what eventually happened was that Brian said, okay, here's the keys to my car. Here's my ATM. Here's the, here's the, the pin to the ATM. You do what you got to do, but you got to be back here by 8 o'clock tonight to pick me up. You do what you got to do. And and he drives his wife's former car, which is like a 300Z convertible. It's like a 2006 or 2007 or something like that. So he gives me his um, the, the keys to his car. I leave my car there. I don't have a wallet, so I'm driving without a driver's license. I drive the whole way back to over here. To this public. So I'm th- I'm still thinking about my wallet first. I'm still thinking about my wallet. This is happening about, by the way, about 3 o'clock. So about an hour after the episode came out on Friday, about an hour after that is when this all started to happen. Um. Yeah, insult to injury. What a crappy day. I don't lose my wallet purse, but man, I could never find my keys. That's funny. Uh, Charles, I've lost wallets regularly until I bought an expensive one. That's a, that's a good one. When it rains, it pours. Everybody's guessing about my car. What's wrong with it? So I get in his car. I drive the whole way back over here and I'm in the worst possible mood that I've been in, in, you know, um, you know, except of course for my mother dying, um, you know, really, really down, really, really down in the dumps. You know, once again, before the day before, knowing I got expensive dental work, today I lose my wallet, the car dies, et cetera. Hello, Jody, good to see you. I'm telling in the middle of a big, kind of a funny story. It ends up being funny. So I drive the whole way back over to this Publix where I do all my shopping, all of my pharmacy and all that right there, which is only like three miles away from where I live, but it's a long way from where my car now is. I walk into that Publix, I go over to the pharmacy counter. The woman that I dealt with before is not there. There's a couple other people behind the counter, but she's not there. I don't know where she went. There's a guy instead at the register. And I say to the guy, I called here before and, and it seems nobody, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I lost my wallet I'm trying to track it down. And I called here and nobody turned it in. And the guy says to me, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I I I you know I just haven't heard anything or anything. And my I my shoulders slouched, and I had already looked in the parking lot, nothing in the parking lot. And so I was turning around and just resigned to the fact okay, I'm gonna have to cancel both of my ATM cards. Gonna have to go through getting a different new driver's license. There was some cash in there and, and all of that other stuff. I'm slowly going through my mind. Man, this is gonna suck. As I'm turning around to walk away from the counter, I hear somebody who I didn't even deal with in the pharmacy before, way down at the other end, say to me, Did you say wallet? I said, Yeah. He goes, We have a wallet. Yeah, we have a wallet. And so this other farm phar- person working in the pharmacy reaches down somewhere behind the counter and pulls out my wallet. You do not even know the 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 overwhelming sense of joy that overswept me. I let out a yell in that publix that I'm sure everybody in the building heard. Everybody. And what I was able, so obviously I left, what I think happened was that I had my wallet, i paid using my, you know, took my ATM card out to pay for the prescription. And then the prescription, and it was in a bottle in a bag. And I asked the woman, you know, what are the instructions? And so she took it out. And I think what happened is when she took it out of the bag, I set my wallet on that counter. And so then she showed me the, the, you know, take two and then every six hours or whatever. I took it and forgot that I had left my wallet on the counter there. It was just, I was in a hurry. It was a Friday. I wanted to get these shoes. I knew there was going to be bad traffic. All these things running through my head, and I left my wallet sitting there. And all the money was still in it. All the cards were in it. Everything. And here it is. I'll even share the wallet to you. Hold on. Here it is. This is my wallet right here. This is one that was lost for a couple hours on Friday. There it is. You don't even know. You just don't even know how overjoyed I was. It was crazy. It was like And then as soon as I had my wallet, uh, the car problem didn't seem to be as big of a deal, but it was still a big deal because it's over there and I don't, I'm thinking, man, who knows? But I got my wallet. I texted my brother. I told him, I got my wallet. Everything's good. It was at the Publix. I had left it there. It's all, you know, so I'm going to go, I'm going to try to get a battery. We'll see if that works. And my brother, Brian, did give me a hard time because he even asked me, um, you know, how old's the battery in this car? And I said, it's the battery that was in it when I bought it five years ago. And he starts laughing and goes, oh, man, you got, you know, you got to change the battery here in Florida, in Florida like every three years or something. Well, you know, what are you doing? And it's the original battery from when I bought the car about five years ago and like 60,000 miles ago. So I go to the AutoZone first place i come across get a battery buy it not cheap speaking of things that aren't cheap put it in the car brian's car drive it the whole way over back to the mall as i'm driving i'm watching a youtube video on how to change a battery in a 2016 sonata and i'm trying to go through my head do i have the tools in my trunk to do this I get over there. The only thing that I didn't have was a Phillips head screwdriver. Went into where Brian works at the shoe store. They had one. Gave it to me. Brought it back out. Followed the directions. Had to take like this air cleaner thing off. Took the old battery out. And I had just had the perfect tools for the job. Luckily, with the ratchet set and everything else. Because I carry tools and the jumper cables always. Put the new battery in, put it all back together, car started right up. So for like two hours of my life, I had, I, my car was broken down and I had no wallet. And somehow in the end, everything resolved itself. It was crazy. You just do not know. And then I went in and I did end up getting a new pair of disc golf shoes. Only like three hours after to, um, you know, three hours after I intended to do so. And it was so crazy. You just do not know the euphoria that I I was, I told my uh, yesterday, I texted my brother Brian yesterday telling him, dude, I'm still buzzing from Friday. I'm still buzzing because I just don't know how all those things worked out. You lose your wallet, your car breaks down, and somehow both things get resolved in posit- you know, a good way within a couple hours. When does that happen? It was so crazy. But I was, you just don't even know. I was so down. You just don't even know it. Now, I still have my, of course, my tooth problem, but that, I mean, it'll just be another payment for another year. I'll just have to live with it. But, oh, man, I I just, all these negative thoughts. What happens if I never do find my wallet? What happens if my car, there is more wrong with my car than just needing a battery or something? Because my brother, Brian, was like, as soon as he heard, you know, I hadn't put a new battery in it. Um... You know, he was like, well, this is, you know, probably going to fix it. Although he got a little uh, shaky on that when he saw the, when it did kind of start, the engine was just like vibrating, like violently. I put that diehard battery in it, hooked everything up, put everything back together, room right up. And it's been fantastic. And now that I know what a, a new battery feels like in the car it's obvious now to me that that, bat, that other battery, I should have known that that other battery was going. Because before, when you turn the key, maybe it would take a, a couple revolutions to start. With this new battery, it's room it, Like as soon as I even start turning the key, it's it starts. And I don't want to get rid of the car, even though it has almost 100,000 miles on it, because it's been a fantastic car. The only big problem with it is the paint is peeling on the roof, which I'm going to get fixed. But wow, what... Hey, Friday, you missed it, Sheree. You missed my long story. I'm still talking about Friday. Maybe, Sheree, I think maybe I told her a little bit about it anyway. But what is everybody saying about this? Um, uh, yeah, it was on. Uh, yeah, good karma. Joy, the wallet was found. Now onto the car, right? Now the car started when you went back. Yeah, that would have been funny, Deborah, if I came back with a new battery and the car started right up with the old one. Now that would have been funny, Deborah. Good humor there. That's a good one. And uh, Jasmine said, I lost my wallet once and I found it under my mattress somehow. Yeah, five years is too long. You're right, Kathy. Yes, it's a good battery if it lasted five years. Well, the thing is, is that I didn't realize it until I got the new one. You know, my car is like a sized car. It's a Hyundai Sonata, which is not their smallest sedan. It's like the next, the smallest. It's like a Ford Taurus or a Honda Accord, something like that, or a Ford like Focus or something. But it has a four-cylinder, but the battery in these cars for these four-cylinders, the battery is huge for a four-cylinder car, huge and heavy. So that might have been why it lasted for five years because it's so big and it's only a four-cylinder car, very possible. But it went right in. I mean, those instructions that I got off of YouTube, I mean, were right on perfect. But it was a crazy day. Um, I always lose my wallet, Jody said, so I bought the towel wallet Bluetooth. Interesting. Uh, Suzanne says, you deserve new shoes after all of that. Sheree, uh, good to see you tonight. Thank you. Uh, even if it was late, uh, thank you for uh, showing up, Sheree. LaFord says, like a modern day country music song. Maybe if I was into country music, maybe I could write a tune, LaFord. Sarah says, someone was watching over you. Uh, I want you to know, you know that, Uh, you know, we really don't talk religion and politics on here on the podcast. And I don't even know, you know, I'm not here to get into that, but yes, uh, I did do a little bit of thanking after all that was resolved. I will admit, you know, just in case, you know, just in case, uh, I did do, uh, a little, uh, thanking on that. But Kathy says I had to replace my battery about 18 months ago. After two and a half years, my daughter changed it. That was nicer. That's what daughters are for, Kathy. So um, you were very lucky. Sorry, that's that's fine, Sarah. No, no big deal. But that is that was my Friday. It was the, uh even my you know, my brother's looking at me, and you know, um you know, my brother and I have known each other for what almost thirty years now, and we've been through through some things. And we lived together once, and you know, we you know we were through. Of course, his mother, my biological mother, his mother, my biological mother, dying, and then my mother, you know, dying. A lot of you know, ugly stuff over the years. But that Friday, you know, it was um, I was in a tight spot. I was in a tight spot, and I really, uh, really, really thank my brother Brian for being there, and it was, of course, it was good that I even made it to the mall where he was, and he had his car, and, you know, because, I mean, imagine, imagine that that had happened on my way to Illinois for PDGA Worlds. Like, one of the times I stopped to get gas and the car wouldn't start. I could have had AAA, and I, I could have been... Imagine losing your wallet and your car breaking down, like driving to Illinois or something. So I guess if it was going to happen, the best place it could have happened was right here near home, here in Florida, where my brother worked. I guess that part of it, you know, was the good part about all of this. You're going to break down. You might as well break down where somebody you know works and has a car and, and everything. So... What a day. But I I was like, I think kind of in a way I'm still kind of buzzing off of Friday that those things worked out because I I just was foreseeing the worst. Do I carry a rabbit's foot? I don't. I'm not that superstitious, Richard. Deborah Rabbit's Foot, not so lucky for the rabbit. Yeah, I guess so, Deborah. So that was my Friday story. I was really waiting to tell all of you. I know that we're supposed to get to some true crime stuff that I'm going to talk about, of course, but uh, you know that this live show, as much as it is, it is about talking about some of the things that are going on on Unfound, but it's about giving you a kind of look behind the scenes. I am one of those people who believes that the more you can get to know the host of anything, whether it's a podcast or a TV show, radio show, or you know, uh, an actor or a professional athlete or whatever, you get to know them better and you you can see that they're genuine people. They have genuine issues. You know, they're not a character. They have their own lives. They go shopping, they go to the pharmacy, their cars break down and everything. I'd like to think that that makes that person, you know, to be, you know, be more more feel like a friend. And I, and I hope that that uh, all of you feel that way about me. And I know that that's always on my mind. For example, like, When I went to Worlds and this, of course, this listener husband was in my group and, you know, about two thirds of the way through the round, uh, she admitted to me that she's been listening to Unfound for like three years and all that. And as I stated at the time, you know, it's very important to me that uh, people have a a pleasurable interaction, you know, with me. The worst thing we can do is meet people who we respect, and then we find out that person is a fake or, you know, rude or anything. That, and that is always on my mind. Okay. Because even, you know, I get in bad moods, but, you know, I always want to make sure that people understand that I am a good person. Uh, and, um, you know, it's important for me to know that people know that I am, and I just never want to come across as being rude or, or anything like that. So being able to talk about some of these things that go on in my own life outside of Unfound, uh, I hope you can identify with it. And, um, you know, maybe that even makes Unfound a podcast that you want to listen to even more and maybe draw in, uh, you know, tell people that they should be listening to But, you know, there's this wacky guy named Ed Denzel. He does a great podcast, interviews, all these people, He's really into disappearance. He's really trying to help people. And on top of everything else, he's kind of this corny, funny guy, (laughs) you know, isn't afraid to tell everybody about his flaws, his pluses and minuses and everything else. So there you go. Kathy says, I accidentally left my previous phone in the shopping cart at the grocery store. I rushed back 30 minutes and the cart was put away with my phone still in it. Look at you, Kathy. You're living right too, Kathy. Good to hear it. Shree says, I left my wallet once about 10 years ago when my youngest was sick, had my whole month's pay in it, and someone stole it out of the cart. That sucks, Shree. And one more other item before I move on to uh, some of the unfound stuff that I want to uh, talk about is that I got up early this morning to watch this uh, Artemis 1 that was that's going to the moon and everything. Of course, it got scrubbed, and so I got up the, the, this morning for no reason. but. Um, I was. I'm, I, I. I think they're they're pushing it off till a week from now. Or you know, of course, they had some problems. So I guess we'll have to fix that problem first. But I think from Tampa, as long as the there's no clouds or anything, I think eventually I will be able to see the rocket up in the air. So I'm really looking uh, forward to that. I was looking forward to that this morning, but it didn't happen. Especially since we're going back to the moon for the first time and but it didn't happen this morning. So um, maybe next time. I'm really envious of all my disc golf friends who live over on the Atlantic coast in that area, Daytona beach, satellite beach, those areas because they got front row seats for that. And I've often talked about, I've mentioned like this to my brother, Brian and other people that, you know, how cool would have been to live in that area of Florida, like in the 1960s when all of those rockets were every few months, a rocket's going up there all in preparation to land on the moon. How cool would that have been? To be over there at your home and seeing these rockets go, I I just, that'd be so cool. So I made it a point to get up early this morning and watch some of the uh, pre-blast off news and everything, and then it didn't happen. I guess we'll try to do it all again next week or whatever. Uh, Richard says, as you come across as a nice guy, you know, Richard, I, I, I think I think I try you know I try to be a good guy. Some people test my patience. Sometimes some disc golfers test test my patience, but I'm really just uh, I'm a pretty laid back guy for the most uh, part. But I appreciate that, Richard. Thank you, and thank you, Shree, for saying that. Uh, Laford says, "But Ed, don't suffer fools." So try and try, try. I don't suffer fools kindly. No, I don't. I'm a really good guy and everything, but I'm all about sensibility and perspective. I do not suffer fools kindly. Nope. In fact, I kind of, I guess, kind of came out in the the previous, uh, episode, uh, update episode from Friday. Deborah asked, well, "What? What was the name of that podcast you were v- interviewed on? How'd it go?" Uh, well, it's out there and it's called "Locating the Lost." Deborah, and you can find it on if you want to go to our website unfoundpodcast.com. you will find that page you click on it it will take you right to the link and you can watch it it's about an hour and 20 minutes long deborah i will tell you that it's probably the best interview that has been done with me since i started unfound really enjoyable talk mostly of course true crime but we got into a little disc golf a little stealers a little this a little that uh, and that hour and 20 minutes went really, really fast, Deborah. So um, just go to unfoundpodcast.com, click on that page, and you will find it. Um. So there you go. All right, moving on to the items, unfound items for this episode, now that we're like 50-some minutes in, but... Hey, I had stuff to talk about. And as I see, uh, thank you for posting that, Cherie. That link. There you go, Deborah. If you click on that link, um, you will find it. Thank you, Sheree. Um and it seems to me that losing wallets and dental problems and car problems, everything, everybody can relate to all of those. So, and I appreciate you all of you including your own stories in the chat. Uh, misery loves company. Although maybe mine got resolved a lot quicker than maybe than many of yours did. But um, thank you for all your stories as well. The dental issues, the car issues, losing wallets, losing persons. We're all human. We all make mistakes. These things happen. And sometimes they get resolved quickly and sometimes they don't, unfortunately. The Oracle been listening while helping my daughter with science. Good thing I aced that class way back in the day. That's funny. The Oracle. Richard, I'm about 45 miles, miles from the pad they will take it off from. I watch all the happenings over at the Cape from my backyard. Richard, that's fantastic. That's just so good. You know, I, I don't say I wish I lived on the Atlantic coast. I think for for safety reasons and the sand and everything, I think the water is a lot nicer over here on the Gulf Coast. But when it comes to rockets blasting off over there, it's the place to be. It's fantastic. All right, let's move on. Of course, there was no poll poll this week in the discussion group for obvious reasons. Uh, Nothing really to poll uh, for the update episode. Uh, Although we did have a think tank, and if you'd like to be a member of the think tank, patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast, where I picked out some of the updates. For example, we talked about Zoe the trial now that it's over we talked about the fiasco that's become the tom brown investigation into what actually happened to him uh we talked about joshua Guimond and about the podcast that's being done you know the the podcast that is devoted to nothing but his disappearance and got some opinions on what what the the think tank members thought about the direction that that podcast has come in it seems to me my perception is they probably understood it better than i do which is fine but if you'd like to uh, become a member of the Think Tank, maybe want to read all of the blogs that I've written about all of the disappearances or most of the disappearances that we've covered on Unfound, just go to patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast, and you can make it happen there. would love to have you as a supporter. And you get all, all, all those sorts of kinds of f- cool stuff, free stuff. Technically not free, but stuff that you get for signing up. And you continue to get new stuff on a weekly, if not monthly basis, or monthly, if not weekly basis. So you might want to consider that. And on top of everything else, um, I didn't say this yet. If you are watching this tonight, please give this video a thumbs up. It's the live show. You know what to do. Give it a thumbs up while you're on your device, your phone, your tablet, your laptop, your uh, desktop, Whatever you got to do, give this video a thumbs up. And for all of you who are catching this as a podcast, the next day, please continue to give this uh, feed a nice review if you could. So, uh, moving on to unfound items, you know one thing that um about the update episodes is that um. You never know where the news is going to come from. And I was really, really happy that we could include some new um, updates for disappearances that I don't think have been mentioned before. And that's very sad. But, you know, I try to, you know, I just try to be really honest with that. I'm not going to mention a disappearance just because, okay? It's a very easy trap they can fall into. And then suddenly you feel like you have to mention all of them when most of them don't have any updates. Well, then why are you calling it the update episode? And this is the original reason that I include all of the names after all of the updates. Then, of course, we're up to 264 now. So that, you know, doing that in memoriam, I guess is what you'd call it, uh, you know, takes some time. But that's the way it's always going to be done. And when the next one comes out in the late December, all of the people, the disappearance that we covered between now and then, they'll get added to the end. And that list will continue to get longer and longer and longer. But you never know where these updates are going to come from. For example, Donald Irwin. I'm pretty sure we've not mentioned him in an update episode before, even though this is update episode number 12. But he got mentioned, and it was really good to being able to include that. Now, fortunately, on the other hand, maybe with April Andrews had to mention her disappearance. Why? Because her sister, Tanya Washburn, who was the guest, she died back in May. Very sad. And same way with Marina Bolter. I don't think there's been an update for her, but once again mentioned that because her mother, uh, Trussie, uh died last year. And once again, I feel horrible about not finding out about that for like a year and a half. I, I just have to admit, once you get up to 250 guests, it's hard to keep track of all of them. It just is. So, and that's why I, I tell you that, you know, if you hear anything about this, if you, he- I, and I know some of you know, some of the guests who have been on Unfound. In fact, many of you have pointed them in in Unfound's direction originally If you hear anything about any of these people, please let me know. Please email me, message me, whatever you got to do, you let me know. Please. Now there's one maybe that I kind of forgot, kind of, and that was Robert Cox. uh, Because after the update episode, his sister who was the guest for his episode way back when. And unfortunately, Robert Cox's episode has the, has the, distinction of being the last episode uh, that I did before my mother died. And then I, as maybe some of you remember, I took off those two weeks. That episode came out and then my mother went downhill and I took those two weeks off and then I came back. And then the first episode after that was the disappearance of Luca, Lucas Daggerness. But uh, so that was like November, 2018. But she wanted to tell me that there is a new uh, investigator on Robert, Robert Cox's disappearance. If you don't remember what that was, he was having some medical issues. And allegedly he just walked away from his house one day. But his sister certainly doubts that because Robert was in no condition to walk anywhere. But that's what his wife, what his wife's daughter said happened. That, you know, he would they they like put him outside like they would once again, maybe just to sit on the back porch and then he was gone. Their story. But new investigators on uh, his disappearance. Uh, his sister seems pretty positive about that. Going to re-interview the wife and other people. And so uh, we'll see what happens there. So she knew that the update episode came out and, and she wanted to tell me that. Uh, Richard says, I swim in the Gulf, however. Yeah, the golf is great for swimming. I mean, 10 months of the year, you can surely swim in it. Yeah, December, January gets a little cool, a little cold. But February through November, you can just jump in and swim anytime in the Gulf. Atlantic, not quite like that. Uh, Leroyco, thank you for the kind words. Sheree says, great update episode. Can't believe it's been 12. I can't either. It's crazy. So those are some of my reflections. And I'm sure we'll. I'll be... You know, talking about this in late December or the the live show after the update episode, we'll get to lucky number 13, by the way. I'll probably have the same thing to say that there was some updates that I really, really uh, didn't uh, could not have predicted. I, I was going to do a Steve Pankey update, but really, there's not really that much going on. We're just waiting for this next trial to happen. So I think it's going to happen this fall. That will certainly be included in the next update episode. Will I get called to go back out to Greeley, Colorado again? I have no idea. But if I do, I'll let you know. But uh, that's one of the reasons that – not mentioned. Just not – just waiting patiently, I guess. We're going to see what happens. So moving on, uh, Unfound Live, the show that you are watching right now. And I've already made a special announcement. In fact, it should have just come out three minutes ago. So all of you who are subscribed to the podcast Unfound, you are getting a special announcement as I speak. Telling you how this Unfound Live show, which, as you know, for the summer, I've converted into an audio show that's been on the feed with a regular podcast. It's now getting its own feed. That is the special announcement. And I'm hoping that you will subscribe to it. Uh, I, I sincerely ask that you go on your podcast app, whether you're using iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart, wherever, Amazon, we're on Amazon too that you go and find now the new RSS feed. Now, maybe some of you, maybe it hasn't quite appeared yet but be looking for it. Uh, Do a search for Unfound Live on your podcast app, and I ask you to subscribe to it because after this episode of Unfound Live, starting next week, it's going to be uploaded to its only RSS feed, and the only thing on that feed will be Unfound Lives. And the only thing that will be on the other one, the original, will be the original episodes, the Friday episodes that you've grown to listen to every week that comes out on Fridays. Did it as an experiment over the summer. I really liked how this has become an audio uh, podcast as well. And that was always my goal, to to put it into the regular feed with, with the podcast. And then at the end of the summer, make it into its own RSS feed. So once again, whatever podcast app that you're using, I hope you will find Unfound Live and subscribe to it and listen to it. Of course, you're listening or watching here on Monday nights. Maybe you want to catch it again. Maybe you miss one. This will give you the opportunity uh, to catch it in the rerun. Maybe a little easier than you know watching it on YouTube or having it playing on YouTube uh, instead. This means a lot. And you can now listen to the special announcement that um, is now uh, available as a special announcement. It's like two uh, two minutes and 45 seconds explaining what's going on. So there you go. This does now have its own RSS feed starting next week. Uh, thank you, Suzanne, for uh, you found it on Amazon. Thank you, Suzanne. And like I said... I just uh, sent the RSS feed to um, Pandora and Stitcher today, but um, it's on iTunes. It's on Amazon, as you heard. It's on uh, Spotify, although all of the megaphone advertising, ad placement stuff is not set up yet. That takes a little while, but it's on Spotify So all of the major paces, like iTunes is, of course, the major place. Uh, What is it? 70% of the listenership is from iTunes, something like that. And it's on there. So please find it, subscribe to it. I'd appreciate it. Robert asks, Ed, how are you doing? Uh, Robert, I'm doing fantastic. If you're just tuning in, I told uh, some heart-wrenching stories from Thursday and Friday. At least a couple of them got resolved. But I'm doing fantastic tonight, Robert. Maybe the reason is that uh got a lot of great work to do this week for the sixth anniversary episode. Got worlds to watch, disc golf worlds, that's going on. You know, a lot of good things are going on. Robert, thank you for asking. How are you doing, Robert? How are things where you are? Moving on. Uh, another uh some great news is that at least according to the new numbers. Now, something that I've really not talked about too much this year is that, of course, Unfound is not hosted by Podomatic anymore. It is hosted by Megaphone slash Spotify. Technically, Spotify owns Megaphone. Megaphone.fm. And... um. I've now learned the, the, the like the download numbers and everything that I was getting for Potomatic were were not real. I don't know where those numbers were coming from. I'm not necessarily saying that they were lying, but they were a bit inflated. I've learned. But the good news is is that here in August, August 2022, uh once we get to the end of it, uh I guess at the end of Wednesday, uh, Unfound will have set a record for downloads in a month. In fact, I think we've already set the record with a couple couple days to go. And I think this is noteworthy because August and September I found are usually slower months for podcasting. I think kids going back to school, a lot of people who are teachers going back to school, everybody's kind of their summer habits are being put away and they're getting back into their fall and winter habits and podcasting, listening to your favorite podcast, whatever it is, true crime or whatever else, you know, can get kind of put to the back burner for a while. But we're going to set a record for downloads in August, which is something that I never really. I could certainly see us setting records. I didn't even. I didn't think it would be in August, though. Maybe November, maybe Jan or a January or a February or something. Uh, certainly, some surprised. Um, and it is going to be. It's fairly, fairly, fairly clear. Uh, as you know, Unfound is not one of the most popular true crime po- podcasts out there, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. Um, mainly because. It, It's kind of a niche or niche podcast in that we only cover disappearances. We don't cover serial killers. We don't do any paranormal stuff. You know, we really don't do anything like breaking news and things, although I do that once in a while on this YouTube channel. But the podcast is what the podcast is. We cover older or old unsolved disappearances. That's all we do. That's all I do. And so it's a little bit of a niche, only appeals to a certain segment. And I realize that uh, it's never going to be, uh, you know, serial or, you know, some of those true crime podcasts that, of course, uh, were very popular or have been very popular or continue to be popular. It's never going to be that. I'm not too mad about that. But uh, I will tell you that. It's very clear now that once we get to that year mark, that Unfound will have over a million downloads in a year. We're already well over halfway since what it was the beginning of March. We're already well over halfway to that to that uh, mark. And as I continue to say, there's nobody who could have been more surprised about that than I than I am. Now, granted, with Potomatic. You know, it was giving me these crazy numbers that were way, way, way higher than that. But I now know that those numbers weren't real. I'm much more inclined to believe Megaphone and Spotify than I am Potomatic. Once again, I'm not saying the Potomatic was necessarily lying. I just think that uh, the way they do the metrics at Potomatic are heavily inflated. Whereas with Megaphone and Spotify, much bigger company, you know, uh, a lot more influence and it's much more important to them to get their numbers very, very right. And so when I'm telling you these numbers, I am with 99% assuredness telling you that those are real. So to think that it's going to get over a million is just crazy. It's really crazy. And uh, that's all thanks to you taking an interest in the podcast and everything. So... Um, We're going to set a record this month and we're, we're well on the way to, you know, I guess we'll see what September, October, November do. I just can't even, you know, I'm not a big numbers guy, but now that, uh, although I'm my own boss, technically, very, very technically, 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 I am employed by Spotify because they put ads in the, in the, and I get paid for part of that and everything. So, you know, you do get paid on how many downloads and how many ads, you know, or, you know, or, you know, impressions and all of those things. And we're doing very well. Very, very well. I just, and uh, we'll continue to work on that. So... um just wanted to talk about that, but we're going to set a record this month for August. Uh, Shree says, I use Spotify for music and iTunes for podcasts. Funny, I never thought about it until you mentioned the 70%. Uh, I don't really use iTunes at all. <laughs> in fact, I will tell you that in even doing the RSS feed for Unfound Live and going on there, I was in, the unt- I was in this iTunes program, and I... I almost didn't know what I was doing. That's how long it's been since I've been in there. Whereas Spotify, I am a subscriber to Spotify. I, 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 I have the subscribership, so I get to listen to all the music with no ads and all those things. So I'm very, very familiar with Spotify, even before they contacted me back at the end of January. So when it comes to podcasts, that's where I listen to them. For example, Locating the Lost, I listened to a couple of their episodes on Spotify. Find Jody, the Find Jody podcast on Spotify. If there is some other podcast that's covered a disappearance that we're going to cover on Unfound, I listen to it on Spotify. It just seems to me, my perception is Spotify is just easier to use than iTunes. And I'm a Mac guy. In fact, this is the computer I'm using right here. It's a Mac and I'm, you know, it's just, it's just a little weird. Uh, thank you, Deborah. Nice birthday month present. Yes, it is. Thank you, Cherie. Uh, thank you, the Oracle. I wish Charlotte Nagy's case would come to a conclusion, Allie and his family need closure. Yeah, Robert, that's one of those, the man said disappearances, you know, Charlotte's husband said, yeah, she took off or whatever. And nobody believes that. Um, I'm still hopeful it can be solved. Never want to give up hope on that. And, uh, as I think we've learned after all these years, of course, Charlotte's was a disappearance recovered, very covered very early on in Unfound's existence. I would be inclined to believe that maybe Charlotte, if she is deceased, her remains are not that far away. I think that's kind of, you know, looking at Zoe Campuses and Andrea Bowman's and maybe some others. Um, I think we've learned that maybe the remains are, uh maybe a little closer than we think. Tech Death says Spotify. Yes, Tech Death is a big Spotify. If you love, if you're into music, Spotify is the best. It is, you know, all the elements. It's so easy to use. Fantastic music, although there are a few things that are missing off there, some artists and everything. It's fantastic. And uh, I love it. I love it, you know, using it. And I'm not just building them up because I'm with them now. I've been listening. I've had Spotify, I don't know, five years, six years, something like that. Um, I play it when I'm out in the disc golf course, you know, practicing. Of course, I use it in the car. I use it in my place. I have a Bluetooth speaker there. You know, it's fantastic. I'd recommend it to anybody. Uh, Lasso says, I want Steven Kocher's case to be solved and killer put away. Yeah, it certainly does look like he got lured there last, so I can't argue with that, Jasmine. Well, I get Apple Music for free with my cell phone plan, but I prefer Spotify. Okay, Jasmine. Moving on, uh, of course, Deborah just asked about this earlier, earlier, the locating the lost interview that I did last Wednesday night. I can't tell you how much fun I had with that. I, I, and I even rewatched the whole thing, not just listened to it, but watched it just to see how I came across. I could just tell how much fun I was having with that interview it was it was really good and it's just i was telling my dad this because he got he he eventually watched it too that um you know it's just so humbling when somebody is doing now their own podcast of course they do this podcast together their pod, that podcast together those two guys and one of them saying you know you really inspired me I listened to yours. I listened to the, the, the Fine Marmare podcast, and it was so inspiring that I started my own. That's just, I know that I'm, you know, just, I'm just that's just making this stuff up. He's just saying this to be, you know, just to be really humble and, you know, uh, corny and everything. But I'm telling you, with all seriousness, even though I have a smile on my face, there's no way. That when I started Unfound six years ago that I ever thought that podcasters would be telling me, or at least – and I've had, what, two or three say that to me over the past few years. Um, You know, you really inspired me. I listened to your podcast and said, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to do something like that. Maybe a different topic or whatever. Uh, Maybe not as long as some of the Unfound podcast episodes get. But I heard you. You inspired me really think you're doing a good job you know very professional and all those things. this is something I could have never predicted six years ago ever i was I was just so worried about getting the my own episodes done and trying to get away from those one star iTunes reviews and all those things that it never occurred to me that somewhere down the road people would listen and say, "You know, I want to do that too now i w- I was inspired myself. Uh, To do Unfound, you know, not really realizing there was a true crime community at the time. But my influences come from other places. Um, As I talked about in that interview last Wednesday, I was um, influenced by kind of the the format, at least at the beginning of the episode. We don't start with music. Every episode starts with me talking. That comes from a, a podcast called Uncommon Knowledge. And um, my interview style, I, I take it from a variety of places. Uh, Charlie Rose, you know, before he got on into all that sexual harassment stuff. Uh, Peter Robinson. Uh, Russ Roberts, who does a podcast called Econ Talk. I listened to all of those guys so much that it really, I think, has influenced me as an interviewer you know being a good listener so uh so then when and then when you get turned around and then you're in the place where you're people telling you know you that you, know, you influenced me to do that it's just i don't uh even know uh, how to even explain it? it's not something i ever could have predicted um you too delaine thank you uh Cherie says those dudes are really cool they are I agree. The interview was really like just three guys hanging out. We were hanging out. And in fact, um, even before the interview started, when Travis originally contacted me and, and, and even right before the interview, you know, we're just going to talk. And, and as anybody would probably suspect, even though I use interview outlines for the, the interviews, I do for Unfound because the information is very important. We want to make sure we, we cover everything and we cover it in a way that can be understood. When it comes to me being interviewed, it's just like, you know, you know we, we don't need format. You just let's just start talking. I'm fine. You ask me a question. If I don't want to answer it, I won't answer it. I wouldn't necessarily say that everything's on the table. Maybe there are certain things that I'm not going to answer. But we don't you know, the only thing I ask them is if we're going to talk about any specific disappearances that are out there that Unfound is covered, you just let me know so I can kind of brush up a little bit. Other than that, there were no rules for that interview. And uh, that's, and I feel very comfortable doing that. Um, You know, how we got into how Unfound was formed and why is it that's formatted this way? That was all just off the top of my head. I had no idea that would really even talk about that. So. But if you watched it or listened to it, I hope you enjoyed it. It's the most complete interview that's ever been done with me in a capacity as a podcaster, and um, I really, you know, it was it was a good time. Moving on. Uh, speaking of being uh, influenced or or something, uh, there is a a listener out there. Her name is Charlene. And she has a Facebook page. I'm not going to say her last name. But she paints while listening to Unfound. She does painting while she listens. It, it just, I don't know. I Don't ask me. I can't paint. I can't draw. I'm a musician. I'm a pretty good writer. Don't ask me to paint or draw anything. Don't do that. So anybody that can do that is just amazing to me but she paints or draws while listening to Unfound. And she posted some of her pictures or paintings that she's done while listening to Unfound. I think she put it in, she tagged Unfound in the post. And then I I think I shared it in the group. And it's just amazing. You know, it's just, once again, it's one of those things that, you You never can expect I'm fascinated by it. You can find her work in the discussion group I don't know if she if she sells her work or something I' have no idea I've really never talked to her about her work, but if you see something you like there in those pictures that uh are in the discussion group now, maybe you should hit her up about maybe getting one of those paintings and then you'll have a painting that you know was made uh, was made whilst that artist was listening to unfound. It's an idea. You might want to think about it. So that just came out of nowhere. She had never contacted me before, at least that I can remember saying, oh yeah, big fan of your podcast. And I paint while listening to it. Maybe she sent me that before. I really don't remember. But when she actually put the, the paintings up and everything, I was like, wow, that's just fantastic. Um, Kathy says, I've been following Stephen Kocher's case for 11 years. His disappearance is how I found unfound in early 2019. And then Stephanie says, I do cross stitch while listening to unfound. See, there you go. That's one other thing that, um, I've never attempted to do. That's, that's, um, thank you, Stephanie, for including that. People doing these very creative tasks, creative pursuits while listening to the podcast. Something I couldn't have expected. Julie says, a cop gave me a wallet back, and I didn't know I had lost it. I lucked out. Never, ever put your Social Security card in your wallet. Uh, Julie, speaking of Social Security cards, I've never had a Social Security card. I haven't had one since 2003 when my wallet back then got stolen. I never bothered to file for another Social Security card. I still remember what that wallet looks like too. But me, stupid, I had a Mustang convertible parked in my apartment complex, left the wallet right there in the center console, and somebody took it. it, it that yeah, you know, was no fun. No fun. Moving on. Um, did you all notice it's working now? But this weekend, Namus was down, and it was real weird. If you went on there. There was only one person's name in their database, in their missing person's database. So it's all up and running now, but uh, it was weird uh, for a little bit. And I know for some people, maybe that really scares them because of this thing that happened a couple years ago where it was said that, oh, NamUs isn't going to get financed and they're going to take the money away and all that. And, and just in the back of my head, I'm thinking if anybody's going to Namus this week, and I'm sure maybe thoughts of that are going to come back. I'm going to tell all of you. Namus is never going away. Okay. As I told you back at the time when that was going on, that was a ploy by that school to get more money to handle Namus. That was a marketing ploy. That was kind of a, We want a better deal ploy. That was nothing real. NamUs is not going away. It's too important. They've worked too much on it. And if that school drive, what is it? University of North Texas or whatever it is. If they start getting too expensive for the work they want to. Surely somebody else will step up. Do not worry about that. Okay. I said it at the time. I, I, and maybe just because I have a sales background and I was a sale, car salesman for four and a half years, uh, I see these things. And everybody was worried about it. I talked about it during a live show at the time. I think I'd maybe even written about it and posted some things about it. But just when I wasn't able to use it the way it's uh, you, supposed to work this past weekend because I was working on the next Unfound Now That I I bet a lot of people were kind of despairing. I oh no, I and it's working now and it's fine. Uh, Although, the weird thing is, the un the 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 missing man who I've chosen to make the topic of Unfound Now for this month, um, he's not on Namus. So, coincidentally, so I guess if Namus had been up, then I wouldn't have chosen him. This month I would have chosen somebody else. But uh, I think that the uh, the man who went missing in California, who is the topic of this month's unfound now, certainly a worthy uh, disappearance to cover. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But if any of you try to use NamUs this weekend for whatever reason, uh, you might have been a little worried. It's working now. It's fine. It seems like they were having some sort of technical issue or maybe they were moving to a new server Or some programmer put the wrong code in or something. You know, these things happen. Um, I mean, YouTube goes down once in a while. Facebook goes down once in a while. Google goes. These things happen. So uh, Mabus is back up and running. And I want to assure all of you, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be around, I'm sure, all of us, if we live to be 90, it's still going to be there. Okay? Unless the world ends pretty sure. Uh, Lassa says, Kathy, I haven't followed Stephen's case that long, but I too found it unfound because of Stephen Kocher. That's interesting. Huh? All right. It's, it's, it's interesting that Kathy, who I is a, a think tank member. I've talked to Kathy many times about disappearances. Um, and, and she's actually done some, um, some other work for me personally, uh, on some, uh, on some things. Uh, It's interesting that Kathy and Lasso uh, found unfound because of Stephen Kocher because it's one of the disappearances that we've covered where there was no guest. It was just me talking about my personal experience of living in Las Vegas when Stephen went missing and me being involved in a search and everything that went on at the time. It's very interesting. Okay. Moving on. Uh, Unfound now. I just mentioned it. Um, For you members, it's already available. Uh, It came out, when was it? Yesterday. I did all of the filming on Saturday and uh, compiled all of it. And the Unfounded Now, for for the rest of you, all of you should be members, by the way. Uh, I would deeply appreciate it if you want to hit the join button down there for $0.10 a day. You can become a member and you get all sorts of cool stuff as a member. You can buy, you can check what that is by hitting the join button. But uh, the disappearance of Gregory Peterson, he went missing on July 17th of 2022. So like a month and a half ago almost. He went missing from Cloverdale, California, which is way, 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 way up there in Northern California, well above San Francisco. And the story goes that he was at home, and allegedly somebody contacted him about being speaking of me and my battery dying. He was allegedly contacted by some acquaintance that this acquaintance had broken down, and the person wanted Greg to come help him out. And Greg allegedly did that at four in the morning, and then later on the highway 101 north of Cloverdale at 11:30 a.m. So in the morning. 11.30 a.m. when the sun is out, north of Cloverdale, Greg Peterson's car was found on fire on the side of the road. And he hasn't been seen since. So for this Unfounded now, of course, I do a little intro, and then I go to the map showing you where Greg lives, where his car approximately, where his car was found, kind of look at the surrounding area, do some analysis, come back, go through the learning points. And then I also do some analysis at the end. All of you who are not members, you're just going to have to wait till about Sunday and Monday or Monday to get to watch that. Uh, but the members, they already can view it if they would like. Once again, if you'd like to become a member of this channel for 10 cents a day, just hit the join button below. um, And then finally is regarding all of the unfound stuff. And I do have a couple stories, non-unfound stories that I want to cover. But I have made a new trailer. Speaking of joining as a member, you know that uh, for a lot of the videos that are posted here, and especially in front of the episodes which eventually get posted here on YouTube, you know that I've had this trailer running for about six months having to do with subscription. You know, I'm sitting in the room that I used to use over there for the live show. And I would tell everybody, you know, uh, you can just subscribe, hit the button right there. You know that video. It's like 23 seconds long. Um, We're going to be mixing in a new trailer that has gotten Cherie's approval. She's looked at it and gave it the thumbs up. Thank you for doing that, Cherie. If anybody ever wants to know anything that I do, something like that, I usually get Cherie's approval on it before it becomes public because Cherie is always very honest with me. And I'm a better man because of it. And I'm a better podcast host because of it. But uh, she looked it over and she gave it a thumbs up. So we're going to be mixing in a new trailer that has to do with uh, becoming a member of this channel. Uh, so there'll be the subscription trailer and there will be the become a member trailer for this channel and it'll just vary on which one I use and what kind of mood I'm in because certainly the subscription trailer has absolutely helped subscription rates uh, for this channel we're up to oh we're over 14,500 I know that's not a lot compared to like John Lorden's channel that's fine not trying to compete with him but um, it's pretty good I'd certainly like to see um, you know, more views of some of the videos and things, but people get to these things in their own time. And I also realized that there are a lot of true crime channels on YouTube that, that uh, I believe their subscription, their subscribers and their views and things are manufactured. They're not really real. I've convinced myself of that. So I'm cool with it. But that will be put at the beginning of some of the videos that you see on here. Donna says, hope you don't change intro to and No, the podcast isn't changing. But Don, if you've watched any of the videos on here, like if you've ever watched an Unfound episode, a Friday episode on here, you know that at the beginning there is usually a um, a little trailer that has me talking about, "Hi, I'm Ed Densel, I host Unfound, and I run this YouTube channel." You know that video? That's what I call a trailer before the actual pod, the ep- actual episode start. I've made another one of those. I'm not in this one. It, you just hear my voice because it's important to put certain things on the screen um so that's gonna be another trailer and I hope you will uh, see it and I hope you will that will urge you will push you toward becoming a member uh, on this channel all right, moving on, I want to talk about have any of you you know I don't even know why this is on my mind, but Uh, It's a mystery movie, and the reason I'm talking about it is for a few reasons. But one of the reasons is because in the movie, the main characters work for a mystery magazine. And they go out, and they do crime coverage, a little bit tabloid-like, maybe kind of a cross between TMZ and Unsolved Mysteries and Cops. But I'm wondering if any of you have ever seen the old movie, The Big Clock. It came out in 1948. Uh, Ray Milland is in it. Ma- Maureen O'Sullivan is in it. Once again, it's of course it's the 1948. It's in black and white, and it's a fantastic movie. Now I've known about this movie for a long time. And the reason it might be, maybe if you've ever come even close to hearing about it, is that the big clock, its template, was used for the movie, the Kevin Costner movie, if have ever seen No Way Out, where Kevin Costner plays a, a guy who's in the Navy, and he has he's asked um, to find a killer. But actually, the killer um, is actually—it's not him, but that's who he's looking for. And Gene Hackman is in it. Uh, Kevin Costner. Who else is in? Uh, George Zunza, who I know from Law and Order. Um, you know, it's a fantastic movie. It has one of the one of the greatest surprise endings of just about any, you know, if people talk about the ending, but like the usual suspects or the sixth sense. Well, to me, No Way Out is up there as well. It's a movie, it's very 80s. Um, you know, it has to do with politics and the inner workings of Washington, D.C. Maybe some of you have seen it. I'm on, the model is in it, who of course was uh, David Bowie's wife. She's in it. And I can't think of the the woman's name, the actress's name, who actually is the murder victim in it, not to ruin it for anybody. But the big clock that came out in 1948 was the inspiration for No Way Out. Well, what's interesting to me and finally watching this movie recently, maybe, Kathy, you caught it because it was on TCM, right? I saw it was coming up, and I DVR'd it. It's interesting how watching it reminds me of what we all do now here in 2022, of course, 80 years later with the internet and with our phones and video cameras and and all of these things we now have at our disposal. Watching that movie reminded me so much of us. We find out about a disappearance and we go out there trying to find more about it. Maybe if it's very early on, you know, maybe we go to Web Sleuths. Or we go to NamUs, we, we're checking local news stories and things like, like what I do when, the, um, uh, when I'm ready to do another Unfound Now. I get very involved, I get very quickly, deeply involved in that disappearance, even though it's really new. I start going to different news articles, trying to find out as much as I can before I do one of those monthly episodes of Unfound Now. And so it's it's interesting to watch that being done, at least in a movie, in 1948 terms that, you know, a reporter is, you know, he he's supposed to go here and talk to this person. This woman's supposed to go talk to that person. We got to figure out what's going on here. And they're all working for this mystery magazine. And then uh, a murder happens right in the middle of all of this and how these people go about. Um, trying to figure out what happened. It's a really, really good movie. Uh, it, gets, it has a very high rating, uh, like on Rotten Tomatoes. Ray Miland is in it. Maybe some of you know him um, from Dowland for Murder. He's the, he's not the murderer in that movie, but he's the guy who hires the guy who's supposed to kill um, Grace Kelly. It's an Alfred Hitchcock movie, Ray Miland. Uh, is in this movie. Ray Moland is also in a couple episodes of Columbo, if you might remember. And then Marina Sullivan. I don't. Know, I know she was a big actress at the time, but I don't know some of the other things in which she was in. Kathy, you're right. Charles Lawton was in it as too. But once again, I don't know him as well. But Ray Moland, I know a lot of the things uh, that he was in. So if you'd like uh, a, a getting a taste of true crime in 1940s terms in a movie i would recommend you try to find uh the movie the big clock and the reason it's called the big clock is because where this all happens is in this building and the building is known for having this huge you know it's known for having this huge clock so it's so huge people can like crawl or walk inside of it and it plays a, a a part in the plot for the movie so I was really looking forward to seeing that uh, for a long time. And what I do is I, I will go through uh, the guide on the TV. I'll go like days or a week in advance on TCM to see if there's any movies coming up, old movies that I've never seen that I want to see. And then I'll hit the record button. And this was this was one of them. So I don't know if that's a movie that would be available on Amazon Prime. It's, it's not on Netflix, but... Is it on Hulu or do you have to rent it or buy it somewhere? I don't know, but if you ever get to see the movie The Big Clock, I think you're really going to like it. I think you're really going to like it. Uh, also, if you love the the Kevin Costner movie No Way Out, which is one of my favorite movies, it's you know it's not a big budget movie and but. Uh, it did fairly well at the time, even though the budget wasn't, you know, that big. But it had Kevin Costner. It's really the movie that put Kevin Costner on the map. Uh, that, and of course, the movie The Untouchables. But that led, to, of course, then to, you know, everything that all the other things that he ended up doing, Field of Dreams, and all of those. It really got started with No Way Out, and I have it on DVD, by the way. All right, the other thing that I want to talk about, and I told at least one of my Irish listeners that I would be talking about tonight, is that uh you know once in a while, I'd like to pick out maybe some disappearance or something that has gone on, and I don't know if I'm ever going to get to cover it unfound. I'm still very open to covering this disappearance as an episode of Unfound, but it's kind of been on my mind because. Uh, I do have some. We do have listeners in Ireland. I communicate with a, with a couple of them, and there have been some disappearances in Dublin, for example, that are some real head scratchers. Uh, Char- uh, Shri is saying that you can watch uh, the Big Clock on YouTube for three dollars. Thank you, Shri. I would re- it's. I think it's a good three dollars spent. I think it's a fantastic movie. Once again, if you like old movies like that, I do. Uh, I love like The Third Man uh, with Orson Welles and Sunset Boulevard and, and Casablanca and Key Largo and, and uh, Citizen Kane, a lot of those you know, old black and white movies. I don't like going back to the silent era, but you know what I mean. So if you're into that, Go to YouTube, and I would spend that three bucks to watch the big clock. I think it 's really worth it anyway, because I have some Irish listeners, I kind of pay attention to what is going on over there with some disappearances, and they 've like within the last few years they 've had a couple real stumpers that um, are still unsolved. But the one I want to talk about tonight, just to kind of give you um because it came through my came to my mind just recently you know thinking about some of these disappearances that have happened outside of the united states and what i mean by that i don't mean disappearances that have happened in canada which is kind of like the united states when it comes to law enforcement and everything but like maybe a disappearance that has happened in france maybe a disappearance that's happened in germany maybe it's a disappearance that's happened in japan or something like that so i've actually kind of been doing like google searches for those things because then i start thinking Well, how would we think about that disappearance if it happened in the United States? What would we think? You know, how would we compare and contrast? Would there be cultural, you know, different things about our culture that would make us think in a different way than how maybe how they handle things in Japan? Of course, we know Japan, a very, very safe country, not a lot of crime in Japan, but still they do have disappearances. So in a a country like that where crime rate is low, but they still have disappearances, what do we think about that? In contrast to thinking about disappearances in the United States where crime is a lot higher. So what I'm talking about is the disappearance of Trevor Dealey. And like I said, this is a disappearance. People have asked me, Ed, do you think you'll ever cover that? Because I think this is the most well-known disappearance in Irish history. And I think it's also in my mind because I was just reading something about an Irish disappearance or a disappearance that happened in Ireland. I don't know if I could call it an Irish disappearance. I don't know if that's politically correct. But a disappearance that happened in Ireland that kind of got solved and it had to do with a river and a car, very much like what we now experience in the United States with adventures of purpose, diving down, finding missing people in their vehicles. So I think that was also on my mind. And, you know, what would we think of Trevor Dealey, if you don't know uh, Trevor Dealey, this is a disappearance that's now over 20 years old. This is a young man who was out in December of 2000. He went to his company's Christmas party. He was at, went to this pub. They had this Christmas party. Got into the next morning of December 8th of 2000. And of all places, he decided... To walk over to his actual place of employment. Employment, I forget what he did, but it was some kind of business that was that the office was open 24 hours. They didn't have to do with finance or something like that. So it always had to be. You know, there were always people there because some people were watching like the Asian markets, some people watching the American markets, some people watching the German markets. And you have that in the United States too, where, you know, we think of stock stockbrokers as thinking like a nine to five job, but there are stockbrokers whose main concentration are, you know, things going on in the Middle East. Well, you have to be up at like three in the morning or two in the morning because that's when it's day, you know, daytime over there. So I think it was kind of like that. And he knew that people would be there. So he was on his way home, walking home, and he stopped into his office. And I think he ended up getting an umbrella. It was kind of a rainy night in Dublin. Imagine that. And there was video of him waiting outside to be let in. And there was some stranger who was standing there who has played a role. People have been suspicious of this guy since... Uh Trevor went missing way back when, over 20 years ago. So Trevor goes in, he gets this umbrella, talks to a couple people who I guess couldn't make it to this party because they were at work or, or something, and then he left and he was walking home. You should know that Dublin, Ireland, not a a violent city. <laughs> um certainly not uh Chicago. Certainly not some of the other areas in the United States that we maybe think of when we think about uh, people, you know, being shot on the streets. Certainly a lot safer than uh, maybe, you know, South American cities or, you know, other cities in the world. Dublin, you know, I would say it's even safer than London. So no big deal. Going to walk home at like three in the morning. No big deal. He never makes it. And there is a video of him walking by this bank, and there's like an ATM um, camera. And he walks by the uh, camera. And then about 30 seconds later, somebody else walks by the camera. So, if we were to put that in distance, I guess you could say that this person might have been, I don't know, 150 feet. You know, how far does it take to walk? In thirty, how far can you walk at normal speeds in thirty seconds? One hundred fifty feet, probably, probably half of a half of a football field, maybe something like that. So the person wasn't necessarily close, but people were suspicious of this person who were who was behind Trevor because this person has never come forward. The the, the Gardai, which is the Irish police, the Ireland police have been out there trying to find this person. This person's never come forward, so a lot of people are suspicious of this person. And some people believe this is the same person who was hanging out outside where Trevor worked, even though these two locations locations are not near each other and so what happened to Trevor Deely? They went and looked in this kind of canal area, but it was days later they didn't find anything um, there's really no place to hide anybody there were no the video didn't show any cars on the street at night. you know somebody pulled up and uh, you know, shoved him into a car for some reason. This isn't really what goes on in in Dublin, people disappearing off the streets necessarily, although there have been a couple disappearances in Dublin since, but not quite like Trevor's. And so it's been this huge, huge mystery in Dublin. And so I started thinking, you know, if this was the United States, And a guy was walking home from his job at three in the morning. What would we think? You know, and I have to admit, it kind of falls into that, you know, Jesse Ross type of disappearance, Um, you know, early morning. And maybe we've covered a, a couple others. But, of course, the tough part about this is we have to remember that uh, Trevor doesn't seem was into drugs or anything like that. Didn't have a suspicious background, wasn't into any criminal activity, um, had a job, had a, had a good job. We have to all fa- well, factor all of that into that. When we start thinking about comparing it to, a an American disappearance. So it kind of, in a way, reminds me of Jesse Ross. Of course, Jesse Ross's. me personally. I think that Jesse Ross calls caused. His own disappearance. A lot of people think differently. Totally fine. So I was thinking about Trevor Dealey's disappearance in American terms. And I think it's kind of the same thing. If this was an American disappearance, I think I'd think the same thing. That I'd be thinking that Trevor caused his own disappearance. Why? I don't know. But you should know that he did disappear along a road that is right next to this kind of canal that runs to the river, this river that goes through Dublin. Now, this river is not the Mississippi. It's not even the Delaware. I don't know how fast its current is or anything, but I think that that is what I've decided. You know what? It's just interesting to me when you change the venue, take it from Dublin, Ireland, and you put it into a similar-sized city in the United States – Everything to me then becomes much clearer to me in contrast to trying to think of it in Ireland terms, thinking of it in American terms. And you automatically think, oh yeah, he probably went into the river like, you know, a lot of other people have done that have eventually been, you know, found in the river. And of course this is where the whole smiley face killer hoax comes from and everything else. And then you start thinking, what are the odds that somebody would, Even in an American city, what are the odds that some guy's walking down the street and gets a text, gets thrown in a car, and gets taken away? That happens to women. Certainly happens. Women going jogging, uh, etc. I think that's the reason that uh, What's-Her-Name-in-California got away with her story for so long because women have been attacked, abducted, kidnapped, jogging. So... And in fact, I even talked about maybe a year ago this woman who was out and a guy hit her on purpose. But with men, it's much less common. This is much less common. Why? Well, you know, just, you know uh, women just make an easier target. Uh, you know, and that's why I urge all of you women, if you can, if you're not anti-gun, I would urge you to carry a gun. If you're in a state that doesn't allow you, you carry a knife, you carry pepper spray, you do whatever you got to do. You know, when you're going out, you're walking, you're jogging, you're biking, all of those things. I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's right down here in Gulf Boulevard where no crime ever happens. This is what you should have. But I think I've decided with Trevor Dealey's disappearance that I think he went into the river for some reason and the canal for some reason by choice. I think Julie is saying, hi, huh, uh, I guess she hasn't, doesn't know about Trevor Dealey. Uh, please check it out. Uh, Trevor actually has his own Wikipedia page, Julie, maybe that might help you. Uh, the Oracle says more women should get trained in some form of martial arts. I know my daughter is trained in Taekwondo That's good, the Oracle, but here's, you know, here's what I would say to women. That's all fine. Learning those things, perfectly fine. But the key is not to let those attackers get close in the first place. So you want to have a weapon that you can use at distance. This is one of the problems like using a knife for self-defense. The only way you can use it is if the person is close. Whereas if you have a gun, whereas if you have pepper spray, which sometimes some of that pepper spray can shoot 5, 10 feet, you want to keep that attacker away from you because once he gets in close, all bets are off. You got to remember that. You want to have that weapon that you can use at distance. Granted, knife's good last resort, but you want it for women particularly. You don't want to let that guy get close. You want to be able to attack him at distance. So that's the only thing I would say to that, the Roracle. So there you go. Wanted to talk about Trevor Dealy. I don't know how much I've even mentioned him before. Um, But, you know, looking at it, it's just weird. Looking at it in American terms kind of changes the point of view for some reason. Sheree says, never let them take you to a second location. Yes, Sheree. Very good. nice. That's very true. Yeah, no matter what. All right. Uh, we've come to the end. Man, this time went fast. The fastest two hours in podcasting or YouTubing. This Friday, we will be celebrating the sixth anniversary of Unfound. We I call it the first Friday of September every year. Because that's when the first episode came out way back in 2016. It will be the, the original interview I did with Mary Lyle. So we'll be covering Susie Lyle's disappearance. I will ha- have some new words. Uh, probably at the beginning, really don't know everything that I'm going to say right now. To be honest, I'll work on that tomorrow. But uh, it will be her interview again. Uh, It's always weird to go back to the beginning and maybe all of you will get to hear a little bit of a, have a little bit of a chuckle to see how my interviewing style has changed. My voice has changed. My manner has changed. My shtick has changed. My tone has changed since, because I see, I hear it too. But um, you get to hear my interview with Mary Law, which I still think to this day is the best interview Mary ever did. I'm a little biased, but that's what we'll be doing this Friday, and I'll have some words after just to talk about the last six years and some of my insights, and maybe, you know, if anybody's wondering, how do you get a podcast to the six-year mark? I might talk a lot about that a little bit. So that will be this Friday. The interview for the next Friday, September 9th, is already done. Did that interview last weekend. Uh, We'll go back to disappearances, a new disappearance on September 9th. Pretty sure I'm going to be doing an interview later this week if not this weekend for September 16th pretty sure I already have the uh, the disappearance'll we'll be covering for September 23rd so uh, really pretty much September is already filled up you know we get to work ahead a little bit here so there you go and of course I have a newsletter that I need to work on need to work on over the next few days as well being that we're coming up on September 1st. Well, that is about it. Man, it went fast. Um, good. Deborah's getting out of here. Uh, have a good week. The Royal saying, keep your head on a swivel. Sharia is saying, we're not quite done yet. We still have a couple minutes left. But I just want to thank all of you. I know many of you have uh, followed the live show from when it was on Wednesdays for all those uh, episodes of, what, four years or something like that. And now all of you tune in on Mondays instead. Thank you for um, moving from, when, uh, from Wednesday to Monday, making time for this live show. Thank you. And I will rem- uh, remind all of you again uh, to be- check that special announcement that is now in your podcast feed about how this live show will have its own podcast feed. Please subscribe to it. I would deeply, deeply appreciate it. And uh, so that's all I got. What would I talk about tonight? I spent about 45 minutes on myself. Uh, Disc golf, going to the dentist, my Friday fiasco, the rocket that didn't launch, no poll this week, reflections on the update episode, Unfound Live, uh, August record, locating the lost interview, Charlene who paints during Unfound, NamUs was down, Unfound Now episode, new trailer for YouTube videos, talked about the big clock, the movie, Trevor Dealey finished it up with this Friday's episode six anniversary that's all i got i'm kind of worn out it's been a long day but i'll get some good sleep get up tomorrow do some unfound work watch some disc golf it's going to be a good day and uh everybody take it easy charles you take it easy thank you for tuning in every monday really uh, appreciate my nephew making time thank you charles really appreciate it and to the rest of you the same